Well, hello. Hello. And welcome to the New York Mystery Machine. Tamna Hall, but for ghosts. Now, you guys don't know, well, or you kind of do know, is that we recorded a bunch of episodes in advance. Oh, they definitely know that. We, we've said that many times in the show. Uh, but what you don't know is today is Christina's first day back in the studio. Hi. Hey, Mama. Hi. Now when we talk about your baby, it's actual real stories it's, about the baby. It's real stories. And it turns out when we were talking about the baby, those things were not happening. Right, exactly. <laughs> those were just made up. We assume things were happening around the time that we planned for that to be released. And they were not. And Christina, I would love, you mm. shared with me yes. a candid moment <laughs> from your birthing yes. story. And I thought there was no better place to talk about this specific right story than right here on the pod. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Please. I'm ready. So um, if you are squeamish and don't like hearing about birth, <laughs> this story is not for you. I mean, that's me. I, I'm squeamish and don't like hearing about birth. But I read it first, not prepared. Right, right. So, you know, it's not it's not gruesome, guys. It's, 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 you're going to be fine. Um, you're going to be fine. So had to have an induced birth as one does as one does um it did not go as planned uh it went way too long and yours truly could not get to the point where the baby was going to come out so they said all right fine we're going to do a c-section now important to know you might say it's worth noting I'm it's worth noting <laughs> out of practice lady come can't on. believe i didn't just default get to your that. shit together god um is that uh at no point could they get my anesthesia quite right oh god so uh the epidural that i had for the 30 hours of labor jesus christ was only working on my left side oh, um which was fine for a little while but then by hour 30 i thought i was gonna die um anyway so we go into the or they try they replace the epidural with another thing that doesn't work. And then they had to do it again. They finally get my, my anesthesia to work. We do the C-section. Baby comes out. They show her to us. Great. Then my anesthesia starts to wear off as they're sewing me up. Um, and we know this because uh, you, you when you have a C-section, apparently you don't not feel... It's not that you don't feel anything. You feel weird pressure and pulling, but it's not pain. Well, the pressure and pulling began to feel... A little more painful. Yeah. Um, and so I vocalized this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And so they sent Ed and Tammany out of the OR and they said, we're going to put you on something else to finish up because clearly it's wearing off. I said, great, whatever you got. And then all of a sudden, like the lights were, I was seeing like both double and also things were merging as one at the same time. <laughs> and like I was sort of I was aware that I was in some sort of medical facility that it was sterile that there was an operation of some kind I knew there was a baby but the baby was no longer there and so I was like I was starting to panic a little I was like no no no. I, I think this was planned but like also there's something really weird about this situation and then I realized all all the hallmarks are there I've seen this episode, The X-Files, this is an alien abduction. And what I did is I said this out loud. And I said, <laughs> I said to the doctors, I, I'm not even 100% sure, but something along the lines of, is this an alien abduction? And I basically accused them of being collaborators with the aliens. And <laughs> when I came to, or, or came out of this a little bit, Apparently they'd given me ketamine, which is what was happening with my <laughs> my disassociative event here. Uh -huh. um, uh, when I began to feel my face again and could form words and thoughts a little more coherently, I said, did I accuse you all 
of <laughs> being alien abductors and they said yes you did and um i i they teased me about this all the way out of the or into recovery and i i was trying to get like I was going to try to explain like, oh, you know, that kind of makes sense. I watch the X-Files and I have this podcast, but like the words weren't fully coming. And I made I made the conscious decision. I'm glad I was able to do this in this state to say, no, Christina, just stop talking. Just stop talking. Don't try to explain this any further to them. It's not going to work. Um, they teased me all the way to the OR about Four days later, um, I went preeclamptic, which means that my blood pressure spiked and they had to keep me longer. And when the doctor came down to push medicine through my IV um, to like bring my pressure down really fast, um, she paused and looked up at me for a moment and goes, any more aliens? Which could have meant one of two things. Either she was in the OR with us when I accused everyone, or two, and this is what I really hope is true, or two... Word got Word around. Word got around. And they said, oh, Christina Marinelli. Oh, she's oh, the alien. alien. Oh, girl. you got to go treat the alien you girl. You got to treat the alien girl. I really hope it's that. Yeah. Um, well, Christina, you told me that story. <laughs> and because I loved it so much, mm-hmm. I loved you so much, mm-hmm. and I think our fans love you so much, <laughs> for it should be available this week in our t-shirt shop. There is the official Christina Marinelli birthing story t-shirt. <laughs> it says, is this an alien abduction? And I am I being abducted right now? I And there's a picture of an alien. Love this. <laughs> it should be available in our shop. If it's not available right now, it'll be available by the end of the week uh, at belowthecollar.com slash and my mystery machine is the official Christina Marinelli birth story. I love this. Um, I love I love that I have it is the an best. official birth story t-shirt. Yeah. Can we make a onesie of it and have Tammany in it. Oh my god, yes, let's make a onesie of <laughs> Matching. it. Let's make a, I'll make a onesie of it. That's easy. I'll make a onesie of it. I wonder if I can get a special order one from uh, the place that does our t-shirts. I've that seen them so do funny. like stuff on really? other, like, other wrestlers I've had like onesies made from them, so maybe say I can special order it. If not, I'll just do it on my own. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think Tammany deserves it. And Tammany isn't her real name. Yes, no, but that's what you shall that's all know That's what we her call her, Tammany. Uh, baby Tammany, what an amazing story! I'm so glad the audience. I hope y'all are laughing as much as I laughed. I, to say I laughed out loud, mm-hmm. like the LOL, <laughs> is an understatement. I I laughed so heartily. I'm so glad when I read that message of Christina thinking she was being alien abducted. It's my favorite thing. I've always wondered what it would be like. You know, like when like in the 1950s they would give like whatever it was like Twilight sleep to yeah, people, yeah. and I always wondered. Like what I would be like under that kind of thing, or like under truth serum. It no, turns out it's just to my core, I am who I am. Yeah. And X Files. Oh my yeah. gosh. I I just imagine you like you don't just have a pod a podcast and f- X Files and I I, I have. Yeah. I think that's probably what was coming. I'd like <laughs> God, I'm glad I made. I don't know how far I got before I made the conscious decision. Shut up, Marinelli. Oh, my God. Talking. Well, if you guys want the official Christina Marinelli as, 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 as an alien abduction, am I being abducted right now? You head on over to belowthecolor.com slash NY Mr. Machine. Um, we are we are so excited to, to be back in the studio. You guys have not had any difference. We've been recording. Yeah. You've, you've had episodes this entire last month, but Christina and I haven't. We've only seen each other once. Right. Since she had it. This is the second time we've been seeing each other. Yep. And this is the first time she's back in the studio. So welcome back, Christina. We're so happy that you're back happy here. Happy to be here. I asked happy if certain furniture was new. It's not. I just forgot. Yeah, Christina was like, is this new? I'm like, no, that's been there <laughs> literally since day one. Whoops. Like since I, since we started. 
Um, so happy. Um, I guess we should do some, you know, um, housekeeping. Sure. Um, because you know, it's been a while since we recorded a new episode. We haven't actually sat down to record in six weeks. So, um, we have some new patrons. I want to have an opportunity to thank our new patrons, um, and give an update on some of the new things have entered the, the, um, the studio. So first and foremost, let's thank our amazing patrons who do so much each month. Give us a little bit of money so we could um, keep the show going. So we want to thank Jordan. We want to thank Carla. We want to thank Sam and Anne-Marie and Christian Lee and Christina and Kate and Chrissy and Jessica and new patrons. I'm not sure if we mentioned you yet. New patrons, Jordan, Amanda and Jessica. We had three. Jordan at the Tammany Hall Terror level, Amanda at the Long Island Leech, and Jessica at the Hudson Valley Horror level. Thank so, you, guys. Thanks to our new patrons. Thanks to our old patrons. And thanks to you, patrons. Uh, a new addition to the studio is finally some new um, uh, head- headsets. I can't even believe it. I don't recognize Adam. They they are completely... What? I learned a lot about sound the last mm. because I was using my personal headphones mm-hmm. for the podcast because I couldn't afford my own, let alone two oh, sets. Oh, your personal? Really? Those were your personal, the ones with the tape? <laughs> really? Those were those were just yours? And I learned, you guys, that those are not even good for podcasting. That like the, the headphones I needed for the podcast are very different than the ones I need in real life, and the ones I need in real life are very different from the podcast. So in essence, I didn't need to. So I still need a personal pair of, po- uh, of headphones. <laughs> I'm still walking around with. With green of- and black Great. electrical tape and duct tape on my headphones and one side doesn't work anymore but what's more important is that we have a new new headphones for the show so that I the sound has never been more clear ever 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 I don't have to keep the volume on max I'd like to believe that this means that I was I was really hoping that Adam was going to say like you know, I hate to admit it, but you're not you're not as loud as I was saying you were because I don't have to. No, you're louder, on. honestly. Oh, well, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> so thanks to our patrons. If you want to be a patron, you head on over to patreon.com slash nymystermachine. Join our community today. We're a little behind on some of the Patreon exclusives. Um, things are crazy. Um, I started working again. I was abducted Christine, by aliens. Christine was up to the aliens. So we're going to, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to get back on. We, we, owe, we owe some some sandwich recipes. We owe a few stickers. And we owe a few uh, Patreon exclusive episodes that we just couldn't record because Christina wasn't available to record them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like recording by myself. So those will be available in the next cup, coming weeks. Thanks for your patience. Our patrons are actually super sweet and they never complain about anything. Thank you so for that, folks. We appreciate it but all that stuff will be up and available i also redid our link tree in our instagram bio so if you, if you want to go there our link tree now has a link for you to special order our um our stickers um you can go to our link tree and there is a link for listening to the pod there's a link for our t-shirts our patreon and there's a link for a little order google order form for our stickers because those, those come from us and not from another place and so if you're interested in that it's nice oh, and vibrant really nice. i know i worked on those, those things i was working i worked on t-shirts and i worked on that i just didn't work on like the things i owed the patrons you know <laughs> well, here we are. I don't even know if we're going to cut any of that. So I think we're at like 12 minutes in now. Damn. And they're like, hey, talk about the show. I guess we should. Let's talk show. about it. Let's Weird. talk about it. Today we're talking, it's a disappearance. And uh, it's a missing persons case. Okay. And uh, every now and then we do New York adjacent cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of them. Uh, this case doesn't take place in New York, but our, our main character, 
the person who's missing is from New York. Okay. And I think that's always a nice little kind of like way to expand out of the city without doing a road trip per se. But her whole entire family and all of the work that they're doing on their end mm. is all taking place in New York. So I figured it's still a New York story. Yeah, I'll allow um, it. Yeah, I figured you'd allow it. I know you guys would allow it. You guys, <laughs> If I didn't even mention it was in New York, I think at this point you'd be like, oh yeah, that wasn't a New York story. <laughs> um, but our, our person is from New York. And so... Um, they are just as important on a New York mystery podcast, I think. Uh, today we're covering a missing persons case that is just about 12 years old. A missing person is Lauren Spear, and her story, like so many cases, is an odd one. So the best place to start is who Lauren was. So at the time, Lauren was a vibrant 20-year-old student um, born and raised in Scarsdale, New York. Huh. Um, but she was studying at, the, at Indiana University. She was a vibrant girl with many people who loved her. Her friends and family described her as kind and smart and a safe person. The last two of those adjectives become really important when discussing this any missing persons case, but in particular this one, their parents, her parents were really passionate about the fact that she wouldn't do anything that would put her in immediate danger. Mm-hmm. We're going to mention some things in this podcast that, um, you know, may be not the safest mm-hmm. um in this episode um we are going to talk perhaps about murder um perhaps about uh assault in, in different ways um and a lot of these aren't concrete they're just a lot of theories so it's kind of okay. want to get those trigger warnings out of the way now um so her parents as they reflect on this case 12 years later, they have a steadfast belief that whatever happened to Lauren, it was no accident. But we'll get there. Lauren disappeared uh, in the early morning of June 3rd, 2011. It was the end of the semester, and she was majoring textile merchandising. Don't even know what that is. Textile merchandising. I guess she's selling textiles. I guess you're selling textiles of any kind. Of any, yeah. Like fabric? Clothes. Yes. Are clothes a textile? Yes. There it is. Um, she went out for some drinks with her friends before eventually making her way home, and then simply vanished. Um, Lauren was 4'11", weighed between 90 and 95 pounds, blonde hair, blue eyes. She was last seen wearing black leggings, a, black, um, a white tank top, and a white shirt over it. But despite such a detailed description, uh, that no progress has been made in her case in the 12 years she's been missing. Hmm. In fact, there's even surveillance footage from several buildings and streets that captured Lauren around the campus the night she vanished, but then she was just gone. Wow. So okay. even with the surveillance footage, which we're going to get into in just a bit, there's still no trace of where this girl ended up. Wow. So let's go back to the day she vanished, um, last known whereabouts. On the day that Lauren vanished, she had a couple of friends over to watch a basketball game at her apartment. They had some wine, got set to watch the game. She had met most of her Indiana University friends uh, a summer earlier in summer camp in Pennsylvania, including her boyfriend, Jesse Wolf, and their friend, Jason Rosenbaum. On the night she went missing, Wolf was at his apartment, and Spear texted him that she was going to sleep after the game. But she didn't go to sleep that night immediately after, and we know this because of all the surveillance video. Yeah. At some point, Lauren decided to go to a party at her friend Jason Rosenbaum's townhouse two blocks away. She is seen on surveillance video leaving her apartment at around 12.30 a.m. She was looking healthy, excited, happy. And to clarify, her apartment is on campus? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, at the party, 
At the party, she meets Rosenbaum's neighbors and friends, Corey Rossman and Michael Beth. In addition to more drinking, there's speculation that drugs like clonopin and cocaine were also consumed at this party. And this is taken from people who were at the party witnesses okay. of the account. After Rosenbaum's party, Lauren and Corey Rossman went to a nearby sports bar called Kilroy's. They were only there for about a half hour. Now, the oddest part about this situation, the stop, is A, they're there for a half hour, mm-hmm. and B, Lauren leaves her cell phone and shoes there. At the bar? At the bar. She no longer has her cell phone, and she's clearly seen on the next bit of video surveillance without wearing her shoes. See, that's the weirdest part to me, because I feel like you can leave your cell phone place. I've left my cell phone places, but to leave with, to leave your shoes... That that's weird. Yeah, I mean it's super strange. I don't I, I don't know what the to be there only half an hour, so it's not like she's like there and like dancing for a while or like I could see it being a quick drink on your way home. Yeah, I, I, I mean sure, uh, uh, yes, yes, you and um, the whole situation's odd because she told her boyfriend she was going to sleep. Yeah, like that's a I mean yeah, and to not like also her boyfriend did not know she was going out, so it wasn't like. Oh, just kidding! I'm actually gonna go out with right. with um you know the, the group and this that and the other thing. Right. You know, I'm gonna go out with with you know Corey, who I don't right. know if I don't know if he even knows who Corey is. Right. He knows Rosenbaum, but he, there's no reports of him knowing Corey Rossman. Interesting. So okay. yeah, I I think there is a little bit of, of haziness in and not even thinking of attention. That that's even where my brain's going right now. Yeah, like yeah, where yeah. her attentions are. Just like she doesn't tell her boyfriend where she's going. Right. So like it limits a lot of resources. And so why she ends up at this second location right. for just a half hour is a little odd as well. And why right. her shoes get left there and she doesn't is also a right. little odd. Agreed. From the bar, um, her and Rossman make their way back to her apartment complex, um, which I believe is either on campus or nearby campus. Okay. In the hallway they um, they see a small group of young men that sources suggest were friends of her boyfriend, Jesse. In the video surveillance, we see that one of the men punched Rosman in oh. the face, which he later claims erased much of his memory of the night. So it's okay. like, oh, no. So sure, you're drunk maybe, maybe you did some drugs and you got punched in the face and now you don't know. Remember anything. Now you don't remember anything. Also, why was he punched in the face? Like, what was the motive? There's no the motive. motive for that? Um, there is rumor to say that um, it's friends of her boyfriend and they're like, who this guy? Uh-huh. And yeah. And that there was a okay. bit of there was a bit of jealousy uh, okay. in that. That's interesting. Okay. After the incident, surveillance footage indicates that they left Lauren's apartment complex once again. Footage also shows Rossman carrying uh, an intoxicated Lauren over his shoulder. Oh. Um, yeah. So at one point, it looks like Lauren is very drunk, and so he carries her over his shoulder to kind of get her from spot to spot. Interesting. They uh, got to Rossman's apartment. Where his roommate Michael Beth said his uh, where his roommate Michael Beth said that Rossman vomited and then went to bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael claims that Spearer then went next door back to Rosenbaum's place, okay, which is the mutual friend of her and her boyfriend Jesse, right. the person she originally goes out with in the beginning of this evening. After saying okay. that she's not going to go right. out. Now, according to Rosenbaum, he insisted that Lauren go to sleep on his couch. He was like, go to sleep here. Yeah. Because you you shouldn't be out. You need to like to stay in. Um, but he says that she refused, stating that she wasn't done partying yet left. 
mm-hmm. saying that she wasn't done partying yet. And then she leaves. Mm-hmm. According to his account, this makes Jason Rosenbaum the last known person to see Lauren Spearer alive, mm. or at all for that matter, mm-hmm. as she then walks up the street towards her apartment at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, and then she vanishes. Do we have her on surveillance walking up the street? or do we... I believe we have okay. her on surveillance walking up the street. And that's probably the last. And of... that's the last of it, leaving, that, 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 leaving the townhouse and, and heading right. towards the location of her apartment complex, but right. not necessarily getting there. There's no footage from the apartment complex stating that she's there. Right. So she presumably doesn't make it there. So just so I also have the characters, the characters, yeah, the yeah. people. Uh, so the... So, I can take you through all of them. Yeah, so Lor- Le- so so we have Lauren. Lauren she's right. missing. And Lauren, Lauren goes, you know, I'm going to bed. No, I'm not. I'm sh- going her to... Her boyfriend is Jesse Wolf, and Jesse is not with her the entire at evening. At all, right. She's going to go hang out at Jason's house, Jason Rosenbaum, who Rosenbaum. is mutual friends with, with Jesse. Right. They all know each other. Um, they're going to go out together to Jesse's house. They do that. After that, while she's there, she meets she meets um Jason's friends. Rossman. She meets his friends Corey Rossman and Michael Beth. Okay. She then goes out again with Corey Rossman. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. She's at the bar for half an hour. Babe. She comes back. Michael Beth, the roommate of Rossman's like, Y'all are drunk. Rossman vomits. Goes to bed. Goes to bed. And she and that Lauren will go next door back to, to Rosen- Jason Rosenbaum's right. uh, apartment one more time. Right. Says, Jason, I'm not staying here. Jason's like, stay here. She says no, and then she leaves. Okay, thank you. Those are all the main characters. Right. In Interesting. Um, I'm most interested by Rossman carrying her over his shoulder. Like how, I don't know, just seems like that she got unable to walk herself real quick. Yeah. After this moment, Lauren vanishes. There's no more traces of her on any video. There's no contact with her in any way. Her mm-hmm. phone is no longer on her person. So there's no way of locating her in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's 2011, so in theory, if she did have her phone on her, there is a way of locating yeah. her, but she doesn't. And again, the idea of her losing her phone in her shoes can be split both ways, right? We can be like, that's a weird thing that happened or that's premeditated in some way shape form and we'll get there in a bit okay several hours later that morning um jesse her boyfriend sends her a text he doesn't receive one back from her instead he receives a reply from an employee at the bar that she was at okay stating that they just found the phone mm-hmm. with that wolf reports Je- uh wolf reports lauren missing okay now an investigation would soon begin into trying to locate lauren her parents were notified of the fact that Lauren was nowhere to be found. Uh, they heard stories from all the folks she was with that evening and all the answers. And they uh, those answers left Charlene Spearer, who's her mother, mm-hmm. very uneasy. Mm-hmm. Charlene and her husband believed that the group of friends that Lauren was hanging out with that evening knew more than they were telling the police. Four of the men that hung out with her that evening lawyered up almost immediately. Immediately lawyering mm-hmm. up. And it's quite suspicious. I mean, on the one hand, it is smart to always lawyer up. Yeah, it's super smart to lawyer up. On the other hand. Yeah. We're going to learn even more about what their lawyers told them to do in just a bit as well. Okay. 
Though they're not suspects, Corey Rossman, Jay Rosenbaum, Mike Beth, and Jesse Wolf are all still even to this day considered persons of interest in Spears' disappearance. Wow. Okay. Even though Jesse said that he was home in the early hours of June 3rd, police can neither prove nor disprove his alibi, which leads us into a little bit of speculation, which we can chat about later when we talk about our theories. All the men who were persons of interest were quite cooperative in the investigation. However, some of their parents did not allow them to take police polygraphs. Instead, some took lawyer-appointed third-party polygraphs. Rosenbaum and Wolf claim they passed their independent tests, but the results have not been made public. Mm. Shady boots. I mean, polygraphs are not admissible in court. Sure. I mean, we're not, we're not even talking about court. We're just talking in general. Yeah. Interesting that they wouldn't release the result. Like, the, interesting that they would agree to take a polygraph, but just not release the result. I think they didn't, they didn't take it. There'd be more suspicion there. I suppose. If someone's like, you're the last person to see my daughter alive, take a polygraph test to see if you're being honest. I'd say no. That's fair, because polygraphs can, can be all yeah. fucked. And I'm already a very anxious person. You're a very anxious person. I'm such an anxious person. Motherhood hasn't necessarily made me even more anxious, because I was already at an 11. Yeah. So, I mean, like, then the can alien, you imagine then, me then with the a polygraph? And means... then the abduction. Like, can you imagine me on a polygraph? <laughs> Just be like... Like, oh, she she did it. I'm like, like, no. What's your name? Christina? I don't nope. know. I don't know. No, it's not Christina, apparently. <laughs> Like, all the base tests are all taking forever. It's like, what is your name, Christina? Oh, my God. Get her ID, please. Your name is literally Christina. Why is this, Why is this reading as you're I'm lying? I'm really bad. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. In August of 2011, just two months after she goes missing, police will then conduct a nine-day search of Sycamore Ridge Landfill mm-hmm. in Pimento, south of Terre Haute, for clues to the disappearance, right? Mm-hmm. Like... At this point, she's not found anywhere in the city, around campus, so the landfill is their next best option. Right. Because that's where Ooh. you can find a body. Right. Um, the landfill is where trash from Bloomington is hauled after a stop at a transfer station. The Bloomington Police Department, the Indiana, Indiana University Police Department, and the FBI took part in the search. As of May 24th, 2013, investigators had received 3,060 tips on Lauren's disappearance. A hundred of them received during the first half of 2013. Wow. In April 2015, the Bloomington police announced that they were investigating a possible link between Lauren's disappearance and the murder of another Indiana University student, Hannah Wilson. Mm -hmm. Wilson went missing on April 24th, 2015, after visiting Kilroy's, the same bar that Lauren visited the night she disappeared. Wilson was last seen getting into a cab in front of the bar and driving away. Her body was found the next morning in Brown County. A local man named Daniel Messel was arrested for the murder after a cell phone was discovered near the body. Mm. In July 2015, it was concluded that the two cases were unrelated and any similarities between the two cases were coincidental. I mean, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, all right. On January 28, 2016, the FBI and the other police agencies investigate a property in uh, in the 2900 block of Old Morgantown Road in Martinsville, approximately 20 miles north of Bloomington. According to a statement released by the FBI, investigators were, quote, following up on leads and tips in Morgan County regarding the disappearance of Lawrence uh, Spearer. The property was connected to a man, Justin Wagers, who resided there with his mother and stepfather. 
Wagers was suspected of exposing himself to numerous local women. Mm. Investigators then searched the property with cadaver dogs, which indicated potential evidence. Anthropologists concluded a dig and sifted... Anthropologists conducted a dig and sifted dirt from the barn where the cadaver dogs hit, but found absolutely nothing. Mm. Investigators also towed a white truck from the property belonging to the Wagers. Christina, initial thoughts. <sighs> initial question. Yeah, the yeah. Wagers, um, they, there's no connection between them and, say, any of the primary persons of interest from that night, like Rossman or Rosenberger. Okay. Nope. Um, There's no connection at all with anyone mm-hmm, in this mm-hmm. entire case. If there was a board with strings on it, the strings would just be yeah hanging <laughs> that circle of friends, right? And okay. That's it. My mm, so you emphasized smart and safe early on uh, as the adjectives for Lauren, which makes me think that her. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm assuming her family is going to say something like she wouldn't have done drugs she wouldn't have done anything or yes and no we'll okay. get to that after the break as okay. well in terms of her 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 alcohol and drug use okay because i was gonna say if they're going to insist that then i i wonder well one you never know and two it could be that someone slipped her something yeah, I which is my first thought, honestly. Which absolutely could be a thing. I mean, she was at a party with people she didn't know, right? Um, and that then, makes and, me and went from one to a hundred in the world of passing out, right? I was going to say the fact that she was walking, even if it was without her shoes, and then wasn't and was being carried. Yeah, but then had enough strength to to like, walk to, again to walk again and leave. That makes me real suspicious, honestly. Like, like that part is what is really weird to me. And it's weird to me, it's interesting to me that she would leave Rossman and the other guy's apartment to go to the mutual friend, Rosenberg, and then be like, ah, I'm still not staying here. Yeah. Like, I, that, because my instinct would be like, oh. And we're also, and now we're also trusting all these accounts. True. On the, That's on, true. The, and we'll talk more about this when we talk about our theories, but. We are trusting that all these accounts are truth. Right. But what I guess what I'm getting at is like there's something weird about the account then. Yeah. Right. Like what's going on that she is suddenly like, mm, yeah. I'm going to I would rather walk at 4 a.m. out of here without my shoes or my cell phone. Yeah. Then stay at either my new friend's place who carried me here or at my existing friend's place literally next door yeah like what is that about yeah all right well we're gonna take a break and when we come back we're gonna talk a bit about the fallout from this case as well as many of the theories posed over the years as to what happened to lauren in addition we'll take time to go over those last stops in lauren's journey we'll be right back The New York Mystery Machine is brought to you in part by listeners like you. That's right. Head on over to our Patreon, and for as little as $3 a month, you can help keep the pod growing. By joining, you can access a whole bunch of cool stuff, such as mini-episodes, swag, exclusive playlists, and more. Head to www.patreon.com slash nymysterymachine to find out more and become a patron. That's www.patreon.com slash nymysterymachine and join our ever-growing community today. 
Okay, we are back. So let's get ourselves resituated once again with the concrete evidence from the last moments anyone saw Lauren, right? Mm-hmm. So this is all from Friday, June 3rd, 2011. Um, and these are all either witness accounts or surveillance. Mm-hmm. 12.30 a.m., witnesses report that Lauren leaves her apartment with um, a friend named David Roan. The pair go to Jay Rosenba- Jason Rosenbaum's apartment where she meets up with Corey Rossman, Rosenbaum's neighbor. Mm-hmm. We don't really hear from the person she leaves with David ever again. Okay. 1.46 a.m., it's about an hour and 15 minutes later, Spear is entering Kilroy Sports Bar. 2.27, she's seen exiting the bar with Rossman. Sans shoes. Without her shoes, yep. Spear leaves her phone and her shoes at the bar. She had taken off her shoes when she walked out of the sand-covered patio. Um, Rossman walked with- Sand-covered? Yeah, apparently there was a sand-covered patio. Okay. Maybe a feature. Okay. Um, Rossman walks with Lauren uh, to her apartment complex. 2.30 a.m., two minutes later, Lauren is seen entering Smallwood Plaza Apartments, where her residence is located. A passerby named Zach Oaks notices her level of inebriation and asks if she is okay. Mm. 2.48 a.m., after she left the apartments, Lauren enters an alley that runs between College Avenue and Morton Street. Security cameras mounted on a nearby apartment show her exit the alley at 2.51 a.m. and walk towards an empty lot. Lauren's keys and purse were found along this route throughout the alley. Question, this is from her apartment, so is it, this is not when she's being carried at this point? I suppose not yet. Okay. The, yeah, the, I don't, in this breakdown, we don't see. Okay. Yeah, this is before they get there. Okay. Um, Spear and Rossman arrived at Rossman's apartment shortly thereafter. So this is, in that meantime, going from when Rossman gets punched in the face mm-hmm. to going back to his place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Michael Beth, uh, Rossman's roommate, was at the apartment. Rossman himself was very intoxicated and stumbling. Uh, Beth says that he vomits on the carpet on the way upstairs. Beth states that he escorted Rossman to bed. Mm-hmm. He then tried to persuade Lauren to sleep over for her own safety. Uh, he claims that Lauren said she wanted to return to her own apartment. Um, which she was just at. Which she was just at. 3.30 a.m., Beth says he's phones his neighbor, Rosenbaum, wanting him to take care of Lauren. Beth said that Lauren was attempting to get Beth to drink with her at her own apartment. She eventually went to Rosenbaum's apartment where he observed a bruise under her eye, oh. presumably sustained in a fall earlier that evening. She told him she didn't know how she got the bruise. Two calls were placed from Rosenbaum's phone shortly before she is reported to have left. Rosenbaum says that Lauren placed both calls, one to Roan, the person she initially leaves to go Mm -hmm. to Rosenbaum's apartment with, and to another friend. Neither pick up and no messages were left. Hmm. 4.30 a.m., Rosenbaum reports that Lauren leaves the apartment, and this is the last reported sighting of her. He reported last seeing her at the intersection of 11th Street and College Avenue, headed south to college, on college. She was last seen barefoot, wearing black leggings and a white shirt. How long was she at Rosenbaum's apartment that time? Roughly. Not long at all. It's it's all included in this one time stamp. Okay. Of 3.30 to okay. 4.30. Okay. So, so between 3.30 hour, and 4.30, she's, um, she's at... Beth and Rossman's apartment Mm -hmm. and then at Rosenberg's and then leaves in Mm -hmm. that hour. Okay. So the only things that we didn't cover in that first half of the episode are this bruise under her eye that we don't know where it comes from, um, that she loses her keys and purse in the alleyway as well. 
and um and this time and this timeline doesn't cover that brief moment when they go back and there's that altercation between right. Rossman and the group of, of young people that we saw on the camera. Interesting. I think the alleyway is interesting. Mm-hmm. She's with Rossman in the alleyway, right? Presumably. Yep. Yeah. They're they're together this entire time until they get to Rossman's place and he drunk gets vomits and goes to bed. So Rossman is with her for the majority of the Right. Season. And every all of these stops are basically like an hour here, an hour there, an hour. And sometimes even less, right? Sometimes they're a half hour, right? right. Sometimes they're, they're yeah. Like he's, they're at the bar for 30 minutes. They're at the bar for 30 minutes. Two minutes later, they're seen on the footage going back to her part or like around her apartment complex. And then what's the time difference between that and her going or being in the alleyway? Sorry, I've got so many questions. That's fine. At 2.30, she is seen located going to Smallwood Plaza Apartments. Mm-hmm. That's where her apartments are. At 50, um, 18 minutes later, she is she leaves the apartments, enters an alley that runs between College Avenue and Morton Street, mm-hmm. and they show her exit the alley at 2.51 a.m. So between okay. so three minute, so the three-minute walk into this alley mm-hmm. um, through an empty lot. In that walk, her keys and purse were found along that alley route. That's weird to me. Spear and Rossman arrive at Rossman's apartment thereafter. So this, yeah, the this account that I found doesn't mention being inside the apartment yeah. and meeting that group of guys. That, right, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Rossman. That's the only big difference from these two right. cases, from these two accounts. Um, yeah. That's the one big thing missing. But it adds an added piece that her, while her yeah. purse and her keys are missing in, in, this a three, in a three-minute walk. In a three-minute walk. With Rossman. With Rossman. And then, if I'm understanding the timeline correctly, the timestamp on her getting back to Rossman's apartment is 3.30-ish? Yes. So there's a giant gap in there's, time while they're walking to her apartment. There's about a half an hour from the time. No, no, no. I'm sorry. In that same time step of 2.48 a.m., we get from there to the apartment. Oh, okay. And it's not until 3.30 where she, where Michael Beth phones Rosenbaum. Okay, 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 okay. I was going to say, that's suspicious. That's a missing time. It's a full half hour. Yeah, it's a full half hour in which. She's at the apartment. She goes to the alley, gets the apartment. Rossman vomits. He vomits. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. That alley is weird to me because of all of a sudden you're missing your um your purse and your keys and Rossman's with you I mean I guess Rossman's pretty far gone but I don't know when you're pretty far gone wouldn't you still pick up you're gonna feel your purse fall off your shoulder unless you right? put it down first I don't know or unless there's something more unless something else is happening something's happening and of course several hours that morning then Wolf sends Lauren that text right and that's you know, and then he gets a reply from the employee at right. the bar. With all this information that they did have regarding the folks that she was with, Lauren's parents filed a civil lawsuit against Rossman, Rosenbaum, and Beth for their involvement with their daughter leading up to her disappearance. The suit accused the defendants of negligence, alleging they supplied her with alcohol after she was already visibly intoxicated, then neglected to assure 
that she was returned safely to her apartment, which likely led to her death. The family stated that they hoped the lawsuit would lead the defendants to admitting more information about what occurred the night of her disappearance. Um, her mom says, quote, I truly don't think it was a random abduction. I think that somebody said, I think somebody that Lauren knew was responsible for the events that evening. Mm. As part of the suit, they subpoenaed private cell phones and academic records spanning 134 days before and after the night she disappeared. A move that the defendant's lawyers labeled as fishing expedition. In 2013, federal judge Tanya Walton Pratt dismissed the suit against Beth after determining he had no duty to care for Lauren, mm. which is true. He wasn't with her the entire night yeah. just for that five minutes. And he did try to pass her on to Rosenbaum. Right. Um, for his credit. Right. Um, who did know her. Right. Michael Beth doesn't know her. Right. That's. Seems reasonable that to me. Seemed, yeah, I agree with that. In 2014, Pratt dismissed a suit against the other two, finding that, quote, there could be any number of theories as to what happened to Lauren and what, if any, injuries she may have sustained. Without evidence to prove these theories, it would be impossible for a jury to determine if whatever happened to Lauren, if whatever happened to Spearer, was a natural and probable consequence of her intoxication without any other intervening acts that would break the casual chain. Hmm. Lauren's parents appealed the ruling, but the dismissal was upheld by a federal appeals court in 2015. Lawyers for the men have stated their clients have cooperated fully with police and the private investigators hired by the Spearer family, and that all of them have passed private polygraphs. Quote, mm -hmm. they've been interviewed and interviewed and interviewed, and to say they've been less than forthcoming is just not accurate, said Chapman, who represents Beth and Roan. To date, none of the defendants have been named as suspects in Spears' appearance, as again, they're still persons of interest. There have been many theories as to what happened to her over the years. Um, the first is an accidental overdose. Mm -hmm. Regarding Lauren's level of intoxication, her friends and her boyfriend told police that she used drugs in addition to alcohol on the night leading up to her disappearance. Okay. Um, Wolf's, her boyfriend mother, alleged that Lauren was asked to leave summer camp where she had met her son and Rosenbaum years earlier, a year earlier because of drug use. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. On September 2nd, 2010, nine months before her disappearance, Lauren was arrested on charges of public intoxication mm -hmm. and illegal consumption. After her disappearance, police found a, quote, small amount of cocaine in her room. Mm -hmm. Rosenbaum told investigators that Spear consumed alcohol, snorted cocaine, and crushed up clonopin tablets that evening. Her rare heart condition, long QT syndrome, added to the danger of drug use. Mm -hmm. Police addressed the rumors that implied that Lauren may have overdosed and those with her may have hidden her body to avoid criminal charges. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, Bo uh, Dietl, a private investigator hired by the Spear family, doubts that a fatal drug overdose could be enough motive to hide her death. He cited that prevalence of drug abuse on uh, IU campus Quote, every kid's buying pot, cocaine, drinking pills, he said. Uh, I mean, it's all over the place, so that really can't be a motive behind it. Hmm. So the first theory is an overdose. Yeah. which And the overdose alone can't work because then we'd find her body. So it has to be an overdose and, and, a cover and the guys cover it up, um, which they've really pushed aside as not the truth. Okay. Another theory is stranger abduction. The police mm -hmm. have also acknowledged that they have not ruled out those possibilities, such as someone who didn't know her uh, abducting her. Mm -hmm. Her parents have previously stated they don't believe her disappearance was a random abduction, though. Um, then there was the Daniel Messel theory that we spoke about earlier, mm -hmm. um, who had killed another IU student, but that was cleared. Her mother, Charlene, said the following at a press conference, quote, perhaps it was a terrible accident that happened and we can deal with that. What we can't deal with is, is what we don't know. Mm -hmm. 
Now, there was a recent theory in the case that had the TikTok world intrigued. That's right, kids. TikTok, TikTok is trying solving to solve crime. crimes. <laughs> Last year, Charlene announced on Facebook that her family had been tipped that folks had seen Lauren in a TikTok video. She also mentions that the family had taken the necessary action regarding um, that that uh, had in regarding that uh, possibility. Quote, we have seen the TikTok video, and while we do not believe it has anything to do with Lauren, it has been forwarded to the authorities who were aware of it as well. We appreciate everyone's help in following up on the possibilities. Thank you. Our efforts to find out what happened to Lauren continue. In a video shared by Ty, the crazy guy on TikTok, the creator claimed that a woman resembling Lauren Spearer was seen in the video of a virtual casino, Rubet. The creator said, quote, it's basically a virtual casino where you can bet money on these card games from your computer and the dealers, who are mostly women, play against you live. In the video, he also pointed out uh, a woman and claimed that she resembles Lauren Spearer. Adding to the saying, the TikToker said, quote, I honestly don't really know what to think about it. I just thought I would include it since many suspect that a lot of these women may be people who are missing. I know this video is probably really overwhelming, but... I'm just hoping that this video reaches someone who's professional and can look into this more seriously. They think that the women are missing, like there's some sort of trafficking involved in whatever yeah. this is? Okay. Um, the woman who allegedly resembles Lauren Spearer was also seen wearing a mask, which makes the video more questionable. Yeah. There's no confirmation on who the women might be. I will um, try to post that uh, video on our socials. And Christian, just for your reference, yeah. I want to give you yeah. just a quick look of what it is. So this is... This is Lauren. Um, that's Lauren. Okay. And this is the video, a screenshot from the. And they're saying this may be her right here. I mean, the top of her head and her hairline is very, very, very similar. Sure, but. But who's to say? It could also just be a blonde woman. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Her facial features aren't dislike that, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, the nose feels very different to me, though. I don't know. Look at look at her nose there, and look at it there. It's not terribly different. I guess, yeah. Um, in any case, I'll post this, and you guys can be the judge of it as well. Um, if you have any info on Lauren's case, where she may be, you can head to findlauren.com. It's a website ran by her, her parents. There's a whole section actually filled with tributes to her. It's like a little memory section where you can like write your memories and it's filled with people talking about Lauren, but also people who don't know Lauren and just, you yeah. know, stunned by the story, touched by it, who want to like try to send words of love and, and hope. Her parents were still on the search. On the last anniversary of her going missing, uh, back in June, Charlene, her mom, posted the following, quote, 12 years you have kept your secret. 12 years we have continued our search. I write today as a reminder that we will never stop. Hmm. Do you have... I, I I don't know what I think. I think sure it could be a random stranger, but I think so often it's somebody you know, right? Isn't that like the statistic? That yeah, it's... it's so often someone who has you've had an interaction with. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Part of me, you know, thinks the the human trafficking of it all is a possibility. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, part of me is, you know, really creeped out by a lot of the information that happened with Rossman over the mm -hmm. evening. I think Rossman is my chief suspect. Mm -hmm. um, even though he's apparently sleeping by the time she's missing, I don't trust any of the actions that happened before. Yeah. 
I find him to be very duplicitous in, in yeah. a lot of his behavior um, before. Yeah. Again, we're trusting that their accounts are accurate yeah. that he was sleeping. Right. So I don't know. My theories are... I don't think she she up and left. I don't think it's a new life theory. No, I agree with that. It's something... Yeah. I think something happens to her. There's no reason for a new life. Um, I think something happens to her. I don't know if it's a stranger or if it's one of these guys, but I think their lies are answer. Yeah. I think those are the two options. Yeah. So it's one of these guys, something happened with this group of guys, or is an outside stranger. I don't think that she runs away. No, I agree with I that. I don't think she overdoses someplace and just dies. That doesn't work for right, me because then we, would we find, find her. her. Yeah, I agree with that too. If you guys have any theories, Christina, what do you you have any final thoughts before we before you... stuck on the bruise under her eye? I feel like yeah, something something was happening before she left the apartment, like her friend's apartment, the final time. As far as I'm concerned, I don't know what, but something weird was yeah. going on. I'm very already. curious as to the two different accounts. One saying that they see her in the apartment complex mm-hmm. with a group of guys who mm-hmm. punch Rossman in the face. And one doesn't really spend a lot of time on it. But it did say that they're on the way to the apartment complex. And then they go someplace different. Right. So I'm sure that I think that piece is missing from that second account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly. (sighs) Yeah, that's a doozy. Um, A New York girl lost to the lost to the world. Well, thank you for that story, Adam. Welcome Um, back. Start with a downer. <laughs> like uh, you do. Uh, if you guys have any theories, you know what to do. You head over to our socials. You guys have been really great about this lately. A lot of you have yeah. been posting on our socials. I and love it. Saying your theories and saying the things that you like. Um, continue to do that. We love we love reading those those uh, those comments. Please. Uh, we love, love, love hearing from you. Uh, if you have any real, real theories about these things, you know, if you want to write them in a bit of a longer form, drop us a message uh slide into our dms uh on instagram at ny mystery machine or facebook at ny mystery machine um and then we can talk about this in our season three finale in almost a year from now um (laughs) and uh you could also email us nymysterymachine at gmail.com um we invite you to follow us on all those socials at ny mysteries on x stupid and uh at NY Mystery Machine on TikTok as well. Um, that is all we got this oh week. Um, we will be back next week with another all new episode oh, of the New York Mystery Machine. I've been Adam Mays. I've been Christina Marnelli. And thank you ever so much for taking a ride on the New York Mystery Machine. Tammy Hall, but for ghosts. <laughs> <laughs>